0: Did you know Montel uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to forecast spot prices, inflow to reservoirs, wind and run of river production? We can improve forecasts for your individual power plants anywhere in Europe. Contact us at ai at for more info. Hello listeners and welcome to the Monta Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. This week, we return to the gas market. UK and continental European gas prices surged to record highs in recent weeks, triggering an energy crisis across Europe. Industry, ministers and consumer groups have all called for intervention in a market some have labelled broken or not fit for purpose. To talk us through current market dynamics, the main price drivers and the outlook for the coming weeks is our old friend, Wayne Bryan, of Rufinitiv. Hi, Wayne. Welcome back to the pod. How are you doing? Good morning, Richard.
1: Yes, I'm very well, thank you. It's nice to be back. and Actually, nice to be back here live. Absolutely. We're recording live sat. in London. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, no, no, I'm very well, thank you.
0: So, so Wayne, talk us through current price dynamics. Uh, this week, we, we're recording on Thursday we've seen prices surge to unbelievable levels and then come off basically on the back of some noises from Russia what what's happening
1: yeah well it's been a it's been a wild few weeks let alone week and uh, yesterday's downside was uh <laughs> shocking to say the least in terms of the speed of it mm. uh, and of course we saw Putin with his nice comments about additional gas supply to northwest europe this winter once the the domestic situation has been sorted out in terms of refilling their domestic storages mm. uh, now he did say that there will be they will exceed uh, their quota through ukraine but he did say it is more expensive for them Think it works out additional sort of three three billion on an annualized basis of what it would cost them mm. to pump additional gas to Ukraine. He did mention the ESP as well, so mm. there'll be some volumes that can go through there. The so ESP it, being what wait, the, yeah. the, the the actual index, yeah, the ESP yeah. electronic sales platform.
0: Yeah, uh, they've been bronze, push, they've yeah.
1: been yeah they've been pushing you know, the delivery through that for a while now. I don't think we've seen anything since August this year, but he did signal that as well. And also, he just had a generally, you know, a nice tone about we're here to help Northwest Europe solve their gas shortage problems. And of course, you know, me obviously being a trader before, I think what you've seen here is a classic case of buy the rumor. Mm. There's no concrete bookings of any additional volume yet, Mm. as far as I'm concerned, unless you've seen something I haven't. Mm. Um, So, again, it's a classic case of buy the rumor. And the price did Rise quite quite steeply in the previous session, and again more comments from Gazprom this time from I think the head of one of their uh exports, and he was talking about there's ashberries on the trees uh, <laughs> which means it's going to be a cold <laughs> winter in Russia, so we're going to again prioritize domestic over exports mm. and that was the day before, so you can just see what what's happened in the last couple of days i mean. It's, I mean, for me, it's unbelievable to see the the MBP over 400 pence a therm and then trade back where it did was quite startling. Uh, and I feel sorry for those, a lot of those traders out there, especially if you've got short positions, et cetera, because mm. this volatility is not normal. And these large one day price swings are really having a detrimental effect on that side of the market. But yeah, I mean, until we see something booked, I mean, the, for me, uh, there's nothing's changed. Yeah. But there is that rumour, and of course, we all get taught by the rumour, so yeah. the fact. So let's just see what happens over the coming weeks. The next auctions should be pretty key as well. So I mean, very interesting, uh, the effect on these markets.
0: Absolutely. I mean, what, as you said, this is not nothing really new. I mean, Gazprom has said this, that there will be flows this year, there'll be additional capacity. So... Really, it's astonishing that the market uh, prices have come off that dramatically, just yes. on the basis of some yes. some noises from Putin and, and other Russian politicians. I mean, maybe this shows just how nervous the market is. Exactly. It highlights nervousness.
1: It highlights, you know, all it took was a few words, and we see prices, you know, come off dramatically in the space of a day. And even as I'm looking this morning, we're down another, you know, Q1's down, front months down, day ahead. They're all falling. I think we're down about eight, nine percent this morning on the on the near curve mm. out until Q one. But even the summer's down seven percent today. So mm. it just re-emphasizes how short this market is, how nervous this market is, and highlights the uncertainty that we have moving forward throughout this winter. And we're only, you know, it's, tomorrow means winter's been open a week. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's early days. And we saw the effect of the colder weather forecast the other day as well on on mm. prices. So, again, this is going to be a continuing theme. We mm. said that, uh, we've been saying that now for weeks and, and months that I expect volatility to continue. And volatility, if you look at it as a measurement of close to close, has been at levels we've never seen before. Mm. Uh, and again, it just highlights market nervousness.
0: But this kind of volatility, prices up 5, 10, 12%. I mean, have we seen this before? No, not to this level.
1: No. Uh, and I was looking at this uh, for our winter outlook we did recently about average price movement, and it, it's up over you 20 know, fold in terms of looking at day to day on the MVP and the TTF. Where we used to, you know, we used to price volatility, but Mm. I mean, we've been seeing 50 pence here, you know, 20 euros here, sort of Mm. movements we're really, really not used to whatsoever. And it's just, yeah, it's making the news. And that's the, that's one thing I would say. I've never had so many requests. (laughs) I've never had so many requests from people to speak about this uh, because you turn on the the TV, it's on the front page. I mean, yesterday they were on the news. They were talking again about gas prices was the main headline Mm. talking about Putin. I see Putin's face Mm. all over the news today. But he was always going to have an impact on this market. And I think we've spoke about it before, and I think even in previous times I've spoke to you guys, the effect he has on just Mm. a few words. Like Donald Trump on the the crude market and global markets Mm. in the past, this has shown the influence Putin has. But I think it was his openness and his willingness to sort of be conciliatory and offer these additional volumes
0: to, to Europe. He's Very nice mate. of him. Very kind man. Um, Very kind. Um, so man. we're quite lucky to have you on board here, Wayne. You know, <laughs> you must be, you know, much sought after your your opinions on what's happening and, and your explanations. So... You know, you mentioned 400 pence per therm on the uh, MBP, the UK gas hub. On the TTF, we've seen seen prices close to 200 euros a megawatt hour. What drove them that high? Again, it's just, it's just these
1: concerns. And I think they're exacerbated this week by what we saw in terms of a downside revision in temperatures, especially in Germany. And I think with that colder weather, again... We want to be injecting, <laughs> we're, but we're still going to be withdrawing throughout this winter. And there is, if you look at some different potential scenarios, a beast from the east scenario in tandem with a lack of LNG due to steep Asian prices would result in this, you know, instead we're going to run out of gas, of course, because that, that's a bit, bit too much scaremongering, mm-hmm. but we're going to drain these storages even more. And I think the concern is if we end up below last year's levels, when we get to the end of the uh, winter season, It's like we're kicking the can down the road and we're going Mm. to face these same problems again. Maybe not as strong next summer because we won't have the extensive maintenance that knocked out a lot of UK and Norwegian production uh, mm. last summer, which also, you know, was a was a fundamental factor into why uh, we entered the winter with storages at such levels.
0: What's happening here with Gazprom in Russia? Is this geopolitics? Is it is it Gazprom saying, "Look, you know, if you don't approve Nord Stream two, look what happens to your prices. Look what's happened happens to your 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 energy. You're in a crisis." And it's because you're not, you haven't approved Nord Stream 2. Is, is that what's happening? Or is it, uh, does, gas, or does Russia have, does it have overcapacity? Can it supply more? Well, know?
1: Russia is, it's impacting prices. We all knew that. And we said that, you know, in our webinar a few weeks ago about mm-hmm. the sentiment around Nord Stream 2 or additional supplies to Russia, from Russia into Northwest Europe or into Europe in general. And milder weather can, is the one, two of the only factors that can push this market down or make it a bit more comfortable. Mm. So in terms of Russia, number one, they're satisfying all their contractual obligations. They've delivered, as as they said they would, to all their clients. Number two, one of the reasons, again, we, we, we talk about Nord Stream 2, and of course they want it up and running. They've got the, the transit contract with Ukraine that expires in the 2024. And obviously it seems like they won't want to be extending that at all. And now that probably has a political aspect to it, Mm. which um, I don't like to get involved in these uh, political issues, but you can tell from the outside that, you know, with what's happening with with Ukraine and Russia, they're going to be averse to, you know, sending more gas through that and by not buying post 2024, it proves that. Mm. Uh, and also as well, if you look at their own domestic problems, they've had, I think they entered their the start of summer with their domestic storages down a good 20% against where they were the mm. year before. So they have a priority to prioritize their domestic market. They have to refill their storages by November the 1st. And it was always been thought of that once that happened, we could see some additional gas coming into Northwest Europe. Also, as well, in terms of production, we don't get all the data, of course. I think mean, it comes mainly monthly, but we know that Russian production has had its issues this summer with the fire at the Condorcet plant. We've also seen them produ- producing close to capacity. So do they even have that additional capacity mm. to produce more gas and send it to Europe? We did see the talk the other day talking about Novotech. Perhaps they could put put 10 BCM into the market. Again, something that Putin had identified. I'm not too sure Gazprom were too keen on it. But again, there is the potential for additional gas into Northwest Europe. As Putin said yesterday, we might push it by the ESP. Or we're going to increase our flows via Ukraine. Mm. uh, Or they can buy more on the month ahead auction. So they've, they've got options. But... I don't think it's right to blame Gazprom. Mm. They advised the market what they were going to deliver. They're delivering that, all their customers. But what you will see is, if you look at Northwest European storage inventories, now, if you look at them, As a whole, you see there at these, you know, multi-year lows. Now, if you separate that and take away what we know Gazprom has in its store capacity, you know, Hydac, Rydon, et cetera. Mm. If you look at that chart of just Gazprom controlled storages, they're significantly below uh, where they normally are this time of year. Now, that was a case of earlier in the year, Gazprom was satisfying their contractual obligations through Northwest European Mm. storage. Mm. Now, if you then take a step back, Look at the Northwest European storage inventory without the Gazprom storages uh, or they, where they hold storage. You can see we're around 2018 levels. We're not, we're not, we're not as bad as we thought. So mm. you can point the finger at them, but not in a direct way. It's mm. their strategy and their way forward to use their domestic storage, or sorry, to use their European storages mm. to satisfy long, long-term contracts, and that's what we've seen. And that kind of explains the shortfall. And I think there is some, oh, watch what I say here, there is some sort of pressure in a sort of underhand way that is, look, you need this gas. We've seen what's happening now with inflation. Let us uh, let us get access to Nord Stream 2 quicker than the six months, because we all know now it's four months from the German regulator and then the EU have two months themselves. So it could be six months. Mm. All the paperwork was in, I think, on September the 9th. So mm i've always said and i said this in in, in our um, webinar as well in some reports that i believe that we might see a speeding up of the certification process in order to ease the pressure on gas markets mm. that doesn't look quite as needed now in light mm. of yesterday's comments but it still could be a possibility but then you have the unbundling rules as well mm. we know that ag have complained against the original decision allowing mm. that would allow you know third party mm. access to the pipeline so you've still got that as well rumbling on in the background we didn't foresee any uh, Nord Stream two volumes potentially until Q1. We mm. looked at a few scenarios where we factor it in in Q1, but we didn't expect any flows for Nord Stream two this quarter, okay, or by the end of 2021. So, yeah, Russia's playing, you know, a huge part mm. uh, in this. Let's not, you know, let's not shy away from the truth. Mm. Mm. They're centric to all what's going on. But mm-hmm. when people start attributing
0: blame to them, that's when I find it's I think it's a bit. A
1: bit too easy, I think, mm. to to blame Russia.
0: And as you said earlier, you know, the ash berries are on the trees in, in Russia. So, you know, they're expecting a very cold winter yeah. as well on yes. top of that. So, yes. you know. Uh, yeah. And so. if you
1: look at the forecast for Ukraine and Russia, I mean, before it looks a bit colder than, than normal. So yeah. that, again, w- who can blame them for satisfying their own domestic market and making sure they've got security of storage for their own people? I mean, there's, I don't see anything wrong with that personally, but hopefully they get filled as soon as possible. So then we <laughs> might see some additional gas uh, into North West Europe, or as Putin said yesterday, via various means. So yeah, again, yeah. it's all to be it's all to be seen. Like we said at the top of the show, mm. nothing's changed. Nothing I've seen no, you know, agreements mm. of uh, additional capacity, but but we do know that now there's rumors of it. The the market has listened to these rumours and the effect is quite apparent
0: on today's and, and today way- and yesterday's prices. And the way prices tumbled, and how quickly, and how they've accelerated down has that taken you by surprise? Wayne, or is that something you expected? Well, I wouldn't say the actual but the num- Yesterday was quite was quite an extraordinary
1: day. If you look at the chart, I mean, yesterday be being Wednesday. Yes. Yep. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yesterday being yeah. yeah. Wednesday when yep. we saw this. You know, Dutch wet- futures went up forty percent, and then you know they ended up down at the end of the day. That's not normal. As much as we've seen these big swings throughout this summer, I, we've not seen a, a swing like that. Mm. I mean, I was just a, you know just in awe to see, you know, UK front month over £4 or, you know, 400 pence uh, mm-hmm. per firm. It was, it's just... But front month uh, TTF (coughs) did say on Monday I could see 100 euros being hit. I didn't imagine it would hit about 160 (laughs) to be honest. So uh, I think it is come back obviously as we know uh, yesterday and today on Thursday morning Mm. Um, it's coming down a bit. So, but it just yeah it it highlights the the nervousness and about this market. And as we we all say the same thing about how tight it is and the various reasons why. If you look at the JKM Mm. that shot up as well. I mean Asia. Don't want to get caught short like last winter. We all remember what happened last winter, where we had you know we had a plethora of events and outages, supply concerns, charter rates, etc. North West Europe got hardly any LNG uh, in, in you know in winter last year compared to the previous winter mm. when we were. The, again, we balance the market whether it 's in terms of dumping un- unwanted volumes mm. or we can you know, help balance the market now so that's it 's always the case We are the you know Northwest Europe is the, you know, the balancing region for global gas really mm. and we 've seen that in the last two years if you look from 19 to twenty one there 's been huge differences from oversupply now we 've lurched straight into undersupply so yeah we are far too reliant i think on on that on lng and you can see that in some of the price movements and Mm -hmm. concerns for this winter
0: what are your expectations for the coming weeks wayne i mean do you expect to see the volatility to continue we'll have 40% Forty percent up and fifty percent down, or what do you think? I think food? that
1: forty, fifty percent could happen again, but I'll be I'd be loath to say it wouldn't move as much as that. We're seeing some demand side response now with you know big fertilizer companies obviously in the UK, they're back online, but we can still see a fall in industrial production. If you look yesterday, the last few days there's been news breaking of large producers of whether it be zinc or other manufacturers saying, Hey, these prices for us it's unprofitable Mm. you know we can we'll we'll stop production because it's not i saw a hungarian company yesterday said the same every one euro increase adds a quadruple increase on their actual costs. people are also passing these costs down to end users which is also helping this energy inflation that the whole of the european union is seems to be worried about and talking about a lot more so Mm. i think the sort of 40 50 percent it can happen again but i think we'll move back to sort of where we were before these last few days 10 15 20 swings Mm. maybe but again it depends on what news is coming. We had this news about the weather. We saw the effect on prices on a bullish front. We had this news from Russia. We saw the effect on a bearish front. So it just takes something. Well, imagine the 40s pipeline went down tomorrow. You know, these things are there. They can happen, you know. Mm. They can happen like we've seen. We saw Hammerfest go down. I think that's not, not back until next year as well. So these things can happen if we get... Anything unplanned outage-wise, we saw the IFA interconnector, maybe mm-hmm. some more French strikes, anything like that that tightens this market can have a, a sort of exacerbate the effect on price movement. So I think the 40, 50% like we saw yesterday I'll be amazed if we see that again. Amazed mm. is probably too far of a word, but I'll be surprised if we see such a move in intraday like we saw yesterday. Mm. That an extraordinary set of circumstances saw, you know, saw that happen. We had talk of some some short positions being closed due to exposure. We mm. had the, the Putin situation, so we had a a few events yesterday that sort of fed into this uh, extreme price movement. That I yeah, I mean, I don't think we could see that again. But you might have some comments that come out next week. We won't be supplying additional gas due to. We'll, we'll retrace
0: those gains or those losses quite quickly, I'd imagine. Yeah, and Asia is obviously crucial here. You mentioned Asia. What are your forecasts for demand there? I mean, we saw prices rise up to what fifty five dollars per mmbtu in the Japan Korea. Northeast Asian market. What do you think here, Wayne? How much of a drive is that going to be in the, in huge. the coming course?
1: Yeah, huge. Because we look at the, I mean, if we're talking about LNG, we only expect about another two BCM into Northwest Europe on top of what we saw last year, which is quite meagre. And again, it's been the huge growth in China that caught everyone by surprise last year. Latin America as well, seen the droughts there. Brazil has taken away a lot of LNG cargoes that should have come into Northwest Europe so what we see there is chinese demand is going to be key i think if you look at what's happening there now in terms of chinese economy there's a few headwinds at the moment but you've seen what the government have been saying all the ndrc about power shortages you know they've ordered a ramp up of production of gas coal a ramp up of imports mm. and again they don't want a supply crunch so china's key actually to this we don't see Chinese growth to be as large as last year. I think last year it grew by at least I think we had an additional seven to eight BCM of Chinese demand. We don't think that will will happen again this year, but it depends on the economics of what goes on in uh, China. We think looking at Chinese demand, again, if it falls by 2% or 3% and then we lose imports by about 1.1 BCM. So it really is uh, yeah. uncertain of what's going to happen in China. But we see South and Southeast Asia as well on the rise. You've seen Thailand, Vietnam, mm. picking up Pakistan, India, Bangladesh as well as their demand increases. And we think we see about a 10% increase there. So there is other demand pockets. You've got Japan. Mm. They've got an additional, I think, additional, they've got eight reactors online mm. now. So again, we're seeing their output uh, or their actual demand to slow but again these nuclears might not come back online we might have some further problems which again affects the sort of balance you've got south korea they have uh, south korea have you know numerous uh, you know mission policies which we're waiting to find out about mm. which could affect how much lng they import so asia is very important and again in on the industrial side of it it's extremely important mm. about what we see going into china this year and it will have a huge bearing on what comes into northwest europe and if you look at the asian prices it, it tells you that they again don't want to get a repeat of last winter so what we might see is as we move into if we do get a bit of a milder winter and move into sort of q1 we might see like last year towards the end of q1 a ramp up of cargo arrivals mm-hmm. into northwest europe but again it's it, the weather is one of the big uncertainties so far and that also will drive what we see in terms of demand from China.
0: i mean everyone wants this gas uh you know it remains to be seen as you say how much of it will actually uh come to europe and uh, At what price, what prices need to be to attract that into the European market. But let's talk a little bit about the market dynamics, Wayne, in the sense that, you know, we we see backwardation in the market. We see as in prices further out on the curve are far below what they are now for, for the near term. What kind of impact is that having on 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 traders' books? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very good point,
1: and you, you've seen a lot of people are exposed to this market, especially if you're on the short side, which kind of links into if you look at the uh, UK suppliers that have gone bust. Typically, some of these smaller suppliers that have massive exposures short term, whereas if you look at the big players like your British Gases, etc., they generally hedge their residential cons- consumption or residential books, domestic demand two three years ahead. So these smaller players getting caught short it just shows you the amount, of, the amount of people are still open. Some people would have had open positions betting on prices to start softening and having that exposure. Like we saw, there's going to be a big liquidity problem because the margin call required for some of these open positions, like we saw yesterday, those rumors of a big a closing of a big position, which helped accelerate some of that movement we saw. Mm. So I think the the credit risk is rising. And I was speaking to someone within the industry about this last week. And one of the comments they made that now a lot of the suppliers, and I imagine it's the same in across Europe now, are raising uh, their credit. Mm. So normally to take out a supply contract, there'll be an amount of credit they'll allow you. And mm. that them credit now is tightening a lot more because we're seeing companies go out of business and how they're going to pay these bills. So even the suppliers now are starting to, you know, Tighten up, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's happening across whether you 're a producer whether you're sorry whether you're you know a supplier whether you 're an actual trader, whether you have clients to actually buy energy for or you're just prop trading which you're seeing a lot more a lot more people have come into this market now due to the volatility uh, it, it's been exhibiting we 're attracting mm-hmm. a lot more of the hedge funds and and again that helps kind of explain the speed of some of these moves. we see some maybe some algos or black boxes because some of these moves have been. Sort of highly irregular in terms of Mm. what we've seen so uh, and liquidity if you look at liquidity and volumes they're up at record levels which shows you there's more players in the market Mm. so when we see something like yesterday it it cascades uh, on the downside but yeah these prices at these levels have been causing huge concerns when it terms to margin calls and credit risk. And that that will continue and it will knock some players out of the market. People have to close these positions now because you can't be exposed anymore. It's too expensive, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same in the power market as well. I mean, power prices are eye-watering and we see it again. A lot of intervention might be needed. Energy inflation is coming or it will be here. mm. I've seen the actual predictions of increases on bills across Europe and it's quite startling really. So
0: So you're saying some of the volatility we've seen in in recent days and weeks is due to sort of hedge funds perhaps from the US entering the market and being quite active as well as uh, black box uh, yeah. trading. Them. I wouldn't say where they where they're from
1: the US or not, not but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, from from yeah, we've definitely seen increasing activity, and you can look at the you know the ICE volume reports, and that will show you there's a lot more interest at record levels in these contracts and open interest as well. So mm. there's a lot of people you know on either side of the fence here, you know, waiting for outcomes. So when we see these swings, it forces whether it's compliance buying, you're hitting stop losses on either side. So again, you're being forced to buy more. And again, yeah, we are seeing more of these definitely more influence from people who won't be taking delivery of these, <laughs> of mm-hmm. this gas, which only makes it not unfair is the wrong word, but it kind of increases the strain. On those that are expecting delivery, those that are you know really exposed, like these smaller suppliers, mm-hmm. like these big manufacturers who are really really getting caught up in this as,
0: as you mentioned you know you, you're saying industry is suffering, consumer bills yeah. are going to go up we're seeing the 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 role of speculators in these markets yes. in a sense do do you think that will increase the call for some kind of political intervention We're seeing the noises in in certain European countries that you know maybe if consumer bills are up because of, sort of hedge funds activity, maybe that's not sort of uh, very politically sound. Do you expect any moves? To- uh, well, there's been already rumors
1: of political intervention, but I was, I was reading something they were talking about having you know, a regional, let's buy gas for the regions. So how would this possibly work? It's noise and also it's, it highlights, I think even Putin said it, it highlights that people did say, you know, that the spot market might not be the best way forward, just putting everything on the spot longer term contracts do have their benefits and we've seen that and again it was highlighted yesterday by Putin about that so I think intervention they're talking about it but to actually you know to go through and actually implement looking at some of the things they're trying to think talk about doing I don't see it maybe in the carbon market they can you know they can release more you know permits into the market will help down push that price but in the gas market, I think it'll be hard and you can't put caps. How could you put up a cap on the, I saw someone say, well, about a cap on the wholesale price, that's, that's never going to happen. Let's be mm. honest, defeats the whole object of the market. You put a cap on a wholesale, you know, natural gas market, it defeats the whole point of it. Mm. So I think intervention, yeah, intervention might come by way of, you know, let's facilitate the speeding up of this certification process. And of course the unbundling process as well, that might be some political intervention, but in terms of, anything else they're going to find it hard uh when i look at some of the you know potential ideas to actually implement these so
0: wayne thanks ever so much for for joining the montel weekly podcast great to have you on on board again so thank you again thank you you're welcome always a pleasure have a great day so listeners you can now follow the podcast on our own twitter account aptly named the montel weekly podcast please direct message any suggestions questions or you know let us know if you if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com. Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.